Friend of the show, Tommy Fisher is here. Look at him in his bulked up frame there. He's a guy that <laughs> lifts weights, that gets you. We're going to talk to him about TCU football and more. That's all coming up next after this video here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox. Uh, if you've listened to the show regularly, you probably know this name, Tommy Fisher. If you're watching on YouTube, you see his Twitter handle below his name there, at TRF51. If you want some good TCU musings, uh, maybe some conference realignment thoughts, you can get that from Tommy's Twitter handle. He has some good thoughts on those things. Uh, man, we're in the middle of July here, so we are we are getting closer to football season. What is your What's your excitement level at right now, Tommy? And we can talk about expectations in a minute, but are you are you itching to get back to football season? Because we're kind of in the deadest part of the sports calendar right now with just MLB baseball in the middle of the regular season. You know, I've actually gone back and watched like three of the games from last year. And I'm okay. actually on YouTube. I've went back and watched some of the 2014 film of us playing mm-hmm. and, you know, the when we were had that epic offense. So to say I'm jonesing right now would be kind of an understatement. So – I even went back and watched the Chandler Morris Baylor game, you know, just oh, nice. because yeah. Uh, yeah. I got an argue with somebody on Twitter when they said, you know, we didn't have anybody. So then I had to post, you know, post about that and share, share my thoughts on Chandler Morris. But, you know, then I said, you know, it was weird because um, they were arguing. It was a Colorado fan, of course. And they're arguing, like, you know, we're not scared because we saw him. And then I went back and I watched that first half against Colorado. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But then go back and watch this Baylor game. Mm-hmm. Tell me it's not a different dude. It was a yeah. dude, and so you know, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, the first half of that Colorado game was so weird. I mean, they looked very uninspired, at least on offense. I mean, the defense did their job. You know, they held up well. Uh, but aside from that Darius Davis punt return, there was just, <laughs> there was just nothing there um, in that first half of that game. I felt like we were playing with our food. I mean, if you watched the game, you could tell who was the superior, athletic, bigger, mm-hmm. faster, stronger team. But it felt like we were just trying to be cute too much. In the second half, you know, we came out and we just bullied them. You know, I don't yeah. even know if we even passed the ball. We didn't need to. No, and that was a strange thing. They kind of went to like, and we saw this, Tommy, with like at the end of the GP era, they would have, like they weren't good on offense, no. but they would have games where they would just figure out like, oh, we can just run the ball. Like I think about Texas Tech a few Kansas. times, yep. Kansas, um, not really Kansas State because they couldn't out-physical those teams. But that was kind of like the – for that group, that was sort of the uh, the make or break point. It was like, right. up front, can we just run the ball, run the clock? And you're right, they did do that in the second half of that Colorado game. They were just sort of like, okay, we, you know, we we got we'll figure out these offense concepts later. Today, we're just going to hand off the ball and, and yeah. win the football game. That's that. Yeah, it's just like, okay, we're we're trying to be cute. Let's just do what we know what we can do, and everybody mm-hmm. can see it, right? You know, if we started pounding them, we're going to pound them. We're just, I think, we were trying to get Morris comfortable. And uh, he never really got comfortable. I think he had the jitters, right? Because he, you know, he was super amped. But if you go back in that that third quarter, we got the ball in the third quarter. He marches down the field. He was efficient. He yeah. made his best plays. And then, unfortunately, he got hurt. And that was a wrap for him for the year. 
Now, he did look good before he twisted his knee uh, in, in that kind of freak accident there. But looking at this TCU season, so uh, preseason media poll came out and they're fifth in the Big 12. Um, I think a lot of analysts around the country kind of have a hard time kind of figuring out what to do with this group mm-hmm. because they did lose so much from last year and it's year two of the sunny era. Uh, what do you think, like, the ceiling is for, for this <coughs> Team. Do you think they can go win a Big 12 championship? Do you feel like they can, you know, win some big games on the road down the stretch? Um, how high do you think this team can fly as they embark on another season here shortly? So I personally think they're going to be a nine and three or a ten and two team, right? Okay. Um, I think as weird it is, as weird as this sounds, I think that they might actually be better than last year's teams, last year's team, but they might not get all the breaks that last year's team had. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about last year's team is we were in so many close games. I think we we're in six, one score games, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, eventually you're going to come back to the middle. You're not always going to be, you know, pulling those out, but we made all of the plays that we had to make in crucial moments of the game to, to carry on, right. To, to stay undefeated throughout the regular season. I think this year it's probably going to catch up to us a little bit. So I think we'll probably drop two, maybe three games. Um, as far as the poll goes, <clears throat> I understand it, right? And but I don't like it. Um, I understand, you know, the, the most important position on the field is the quarterback position, um, and the second most important position on the field is probably the offensive line or those who affect the offensive line, being the defensive mm-hmm. line, right? So um, I get it, um, but I, I, I kind of, you know, I look at where Kansas State was ranked, right? And everybody's so high on Kansas State, and I think Kansas State's a really good team. I think they're extremely well coached. Um, I think they know what they do well and they do what they do well, right? They, they know yeah. who they are and they do what they need to do. Um, but on the same time, I think that there's a lot of parallels between us and them aside from the offensive line and aside from the quarterback. If you think about it, they're losing their do-it-all running back, right? They're losing their two best wide receivers. They lost them. They're bringing back their good tight end. So are we. They're losing their best edge rusher, right? He was drafted in the first round by the Chiefs. And they lost their best, their best corner, right? He was also yeah. a high pick. So, I mean, if you think about it, there's some parallels there, but it seems like they're given the benefit of the doubt and we are not given the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. And when you look at our rosters, I think that we actually have more talent on our roster than they, than they do. I mean, we're probably, I mean, I understand the quarterback and the offensive line, but I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about that. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and I wonder, too, you know, one thing about this O-line that I, I think maybe gets missed, Brandon Coleman and Andrew Coker on the outside, like they weren't always the strongest part of that group, but they did play pretty much every snap last year. And so if you have, you know, if you have your bookend tackles uh-huh. that are good and that are solid, Tommy, you know, the interior – hopefully as the year goes on kind of takes care of yourself. And I think this offensive line can gel and come to a place where they are solid and good. You know, would, would you agree with that? I would totally agree. And, and, and you, you know, we lost three starters, they say on the offensive line, but to me, we only really lost two because John Lance played every bit as much as, mm-hmm. you know, the person number Wes Harris. Yeah, he Harris. played, he played, yeah. he played equal amount um, as Wes Harris. And, you know, that, I mean, that's great. I'm really interested to see how this transfer from Jackson State comes in, the big dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Willis Patrick, yeah. Ball. He's a bowling ball, I think. And then if we could figure out the center, if the guy from Maryland comes in, Deer, Deerly or whatever his name is, I think we could be good. You know, I'm really interested to see 
how the offense does early. And I'm really interested to see, like, are we going to be a quick, you know, are we going to get the ball out in two seconds or are we going to do deep shots? I'm kind of curious how we're going to do that, how we're going to fit in the RPO game, the run game, you know. I think we're going to go as far. If the offensive line can perform above average, I think we'll be totally fine because we have elite skill position guys. We have, you know, good running backs. I think our defense is going to be better than it was. Even though we're losing our premier edge rusher, I think these two young guys, number 94, 97, Paul, I don't even want to attempt Paul this. Wale, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be real good. And the thing about our defense is, you know, we don't really rely that much on the pass rush. We're more – we want those guys up front to kind of occupy the offensive linemen so our, our linebackers can spill and fill, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll blitz when we need to blitz and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we're bringing back pretty much everybody in the defensive backfield aside from THT. Um, and, I'm, and I'm happy that we got the corners that we got, the kid from Florida. I think he's going to be a stud. And even if he isn't, then we still have the Canada kid, the Juco kid, who's going to be really good. So I think the defense will be better. I like how the schedule lays out. I like the first <clears throat> six to seven games. You know, we have the weaker part of our, our schedule. So I think the defense could carry us if they need to the first seven games until the offense kind of gets things figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how that sets up. Um, by the time we go to Kansas State, we should be peaking, I would hope, as far as, as a team if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, and when you watch the highlights of that Baylor game, you were talking about that uh, Baylor game that Chandler Morris played in. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you see? I, I remember it was a, a pretty YOLO game plan. I mean, they were they were throwing the ball over the place. It looked like he was ripping some throws. What did you see in that performance that gives you hope for the future moving forward? He was the accuracy, the precision passing, you know, the escaping, right? So, like, he didn't – I mean, he he ran a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. There was one play where he he – uh, Patriot from the Bears, like where he went around this way and he had him up here and he went underneath him and he leaked out around yeah, the backside yeah. and got a block and he went for like 25 yards on a, on a third, third and long play. Mm-hmm. Um, the escapability, right? It's not really the power running game. It's just the quickness to kind of avoid pressure. And he, the, the big thing is for him is he's always has his eyes downfield, right? He's always looking downfield. And then he made, he dropped some dimes. There are some passes that were just like straight on the money. Uh, he used his legs well. He made a lot of right decisions. He made a couple bad decisions. Um, he got one picked off, or he had a, he had another one that should have been picked off. Um, but you could tell the, the Bears they they couldn't figure him out. They were, they blitzed him, and he hit QJ on a wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I I just think I think he's I think his processor is very fast, um, and I think he makes right decisions. I think the accuracy is the biggest difference between him and Duggan. Duggan is obviously has the guy that has all the intangibles. Um, Physical runner, right? We all know that. You know, Chandler's not going to be that guy, but I think we'll have a we'll have a, probably a better passing game. I think. All right, so we've talked about this team. When we come back, I'll ask Tommy about where recruiting is at the moment for TCU football, and if he has concerns about uh, where they should be, maybe coming off a great season last year. We'll do that next on Locked Up Horn Frogs. I do want to briefly talk about bird dogs. Uh, bird dogs, you got shorts and pants that are really comfortable. They flex to fit you well and make you feel good. Uh, they're virtual. You can go to birddogs.com slash college. You get a free 
Yeti Tumblr with any purchase. So go buy those today and get that free Yeti Tumblr. Again, that's birddogs.com slash college. You can wear them just about anywhere at a formal event, work, or just out around the house, out on the golf course. Bird Dogs, uh, they make you look good. They make you feel good. And they're a proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. So, Tommy, uh, we're talking here about TCU football, and I think, you know, it seems like fans are a little frustrated or restless. Recruiting has kind of hit like the summer lull. Um, I know the staff is taking some time off as well, but we're in a dead period. It seems like they've kind of gotten the guys they're going to get for the moment, and now they're sort of resetting the board. Um, I I like the players that they've hit on. They've Mm -hmm. also missed on some guys. Do you feel like they are performing under expectations given what happened last year? Are you disappointed there's not more momentum around this 2024 class at the moment? So when people look at the the rankings, right, we're like number 54 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what we were this time last year, but I do know that a lot of the players, like the, the, the better players that we got, they hadn't signed with us yet. Some of them were signed with other teams, right. Other Mm -hmm. programs. So I have hope that we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll probably land some of those, some of those that um, are signed somewhere else that are heavy looking somewhere else. Um, We got to keep in mind it's July. It doesn't, it doesn't matter until December. Right. Right. So yeah, I would like us to see us to be higher, especially coming off the run that we just had. Um, But I tell you what I do like, I do like that half of what we have is almost a blue chip, right? So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of, we don't have many, but we have what we do have. Half of them are four stars, if not. I think for us, I I think our roster is pretty good. I think it's kind of stacked. So I think quantity and quality, right? So I think Mm -hmm. quality is going to be more important for us than quantity. And unfortunately, these rankings are based off of quantity, probably more than they are as quality, right? So a team like Tech could have like 25 kids and we can end up with 15, but we'll have the same number of blue chippers. Mm-hmm. If not, we would probably have more. So I think the ratio, I, I think what's important for us is to have quality guys, right? And in the the, the era of the NIL and the era of um, the transfer portal, you know, I think we're going to make, you know, we'll, for us to build our program, we're never, we're never going to be like Alabama. We're never going to be like Georgia. We're never going to be able to offer some of these elite guys huge money, right? Now, our thing is keeping the guys that we have, keeping them happy with the NL, NIL that we do that we have. And I think our NL, NIL is strong, but it's never going to be at a blue blood level. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. We don't need it to be. We, we just proved that we can compete with, with what we got. And I think that the talent is going to continue to get better and better. Um, I think we're going to be, we're going to be that team. There's a lot of elite players, five stars, high four stars that went to Texas, that went to Texas A&M, that went to Alabama, that went wherever. And, you know, they, they got there their first year and they're third on the depth chart or whatever, and they're going to want to come home. Right. We're going to be there to catch them. So I think we don't need to over recruit. I think we need to leave a 50-50 approach. We need we need the recruits that we do get, and we need to develop them, which is what we do. Um, I can't tell you what a, what a difference having a strength and conditioning guy like Kaz mm-hmm. does to this team. I mean, you could just – I was watching them practice, and they're just – everybody's just bigger, faster, stronger, and we're developing guys. So I think we're, we're going to be totally fine. I mean, even if we don't have a top 
10 class ever. I think as long as we stay between 10 and 20, I think we're going to be doing just fine. Yeah, and I mean, average recruiting ranking is kind of what you're talking about there, which yeah. I, th- I think at the moment it's 89.1. I saw the other day, if you take Texas and Oklahoma out, that's tops in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, Tech is pretty close there too, but yeah, you're, they do also take more players. They're kind of loading up on the high school ranks, which is, you know, a, a different strategy, but one that can for sure work. I, so I saw, I think this was you that said this on, on the board recently. I wanted to ask you about it because I thought it was a good point. Um, people were talking about the Georgia game and like recruiting and how far away is TCU from hanging with schools like that, right? And so, of course, the easier response to that is, well, you got beat 65-7, you're 58 points away. Um, I mean, there's obviously a gap there. But when you looked at that game, did you feel like that was anywhere close to the best version of, you know, TCU football in, in 2022 that they put forth that night. Not even close, not even close. Right. I mean, there's nobody who can go out there and say that they played their best game. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they just, the moment was too big is kind of what I think happened. I think that they kind of, they were just happy to be there. Yeah. They were just been there before Georgia came in there. They knew, they knew what they were going to do. They, I mean, yeah, they're best. They're, they're physically better than we are. Mm-hmm. No problem saying that, but I say I say if we played ten times, we might win two of them, right? Mm-hmm. And the rest of them are going to be a lot closer than what they were. Um, they're not fifty-eight points better than we are, you know. We just they opened up strong. Um, we couldn't answer. Well, we kind of answered, but then we started turning the ball over. We couldn't block them, and yeah. then you know it snowballed on us. So. Um, to me, it's like, yeah, we need to learn from that. And we need to, you know, we, we do need to get better. Um, we are not at their level, right? And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Sure. There might be two or three teams that can hang with them, right? And, yeah. and as far as talent-wise, and, and obviously we're not, we're not there. But I'll tell you what, if there's ever, every once in a while, we're going to get a team, you know, like that, like that 2014 team with, with the playmakers they had, the quarterback mm-hmm. and everything. It's just like, I think a team like that, if we get one of those – I think we can hang with just about anybody. Yeah. But, I mean, if you really think about it this year, like we didn't really blow people away. Right. We just yeah, made plays yeah. when we need to make plays. We were a good team. Um, I don't, I think it was, if, if you're going to be, if I'm going to be honest, I would say it's probably our third best team that we've had since 2010, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think most people would agree with that. It's, it's, Hard to keep in perspective too. Like that was that was year one, and a lot of people yes. thought that was a a rebuilding year coming into the season, and like expectations were sort of like, okay, you know, let's make a bowl game, let's hopefully win seven or eight games, maybe win a big, like plus an upset that sort of galvanizes the fan base again, and so they certainly exceed expectations. I agree with you. I think that you know, listen, it it was what it was, but a funny thing about that too, I remember. After the playoff, it, it might have been like the day after they did uh, college game day was doing like New Year's Day coverage, right? And mm-hmm. they talked to both Sonny and Kirby. And I'm not I'm not saying this to like take a swipe at Cur- at, at Sonny, but like Kirby, um, I thought he was kind of joking at the time, but I feel like now he's actually serious. He he was saying like he didn't even know where the game day crew was. Like he had no idea what games were on that day. Like he and his staff, they were already in the film room, you know, they were pissed off. They almost lost Ohio State. They were breaking down TCU film. Um, and I think, like, naturally, TCU sort of took a couple days to be like, 
man, we, we just beat Michigan. Like we were playing for a national title game and, and just the, the idea that like for Georgia, this was expected. And now it's just fully in the business mode. It kind of set them behind the eight ball from a preparation standpoint, I feel like to a certain extent. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you, you could tell, I mean, they, yeah, they, they were just happy to be there. Mm -hmm. I think, um, and they just, you know, they got out there and they just, they, they saw that there's a different level of athlete. Right. And it just, it snowballed on them. Um, but I, I tell you what, we don't have to be able to beat a Georgia, you know, I mean, it'd be nice. We need to worry about what we play, who we play. Right. right. We're, we're not going to play Georgia until the very end if we ever get there. Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I think getting there when the, when the playoffs go to 12 teams is probably going to be harder. Yes. Because we're going to have to beat more high-end teams. Right. You know? um, I'm not saying we can't do it. I think we can. But um, we need to, you know, first thing we need to worry about is be able to beat everybody in our conference. Mm-hmm. And nobody in our conference is going to be at Georgia's level. And for some reason, I don't understand that Texas recruits at around Georgia's level, but they they don't they don't have the dudes. Right. So, and, and and again, we only have to worry about them this this one this next year. One and more year. Yeah. So we just got to be able to beat the Kansas States. We got to beat the Texas Techs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the UCF team is going to be really good in a couple of years. I think they're going to start to turn things around. They're going to recruit high level. So we just got to beat teams like that, and we just got to get in the dance. And when we get to the dance. You know, hopefully we have that once every four year elite team with the elite quarterback who can who can make things happen. And we have those playmakers. Right. No, I agree with that. Uh, So we'll wrap up with some baseball talk here in a moment. We're talking with Tommy Fisher. I'm locked on Orange Frogs. All right. So just a couple updates. We're actually recording this on uh, Tuesday to later on Wednesday. So some things will change between now and then. But at the moment, uh, some TCU baseball draftees that went. Um, on uh, Monday's coverage of the draft. So Ryan Vanderhei got picked in round 10 by the San Francisco Giants. Um, if you remember, Ryan he actually started the season as a Friday night starter, dealt with some injuries, dealt with some setbacks, and then he didn't really uh, participate for most of the year. I assume he'll be moving on to pro baseball. Also in round 10, Cam Brown to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I would imagine the Cam Brown experience at TCU is is yeah. over now. And, you know, I've talked a lot about Cam. He's got high upside. He's got good stuff. He can't really locate pitches. And so somebody, the Phillies are going to take a flyer on him and see, like, we'll, hey, we'll see if we can figure out how to kind of mold um, this power arm that he has. And then uh, Cole Fontenelle uh, goes in round seven to the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, congratulations to him. And I think he would also most likely be gone to uh, pro ball. But I want to talk with Tommy Fish here because um, we talked about baseball in the middle of the season. Things are rough, right? Now mm-hmm. they, they turned this thing around completely. Um, so I guess what's your perspective now? How much did your mind change about the baseball program kind of moving forward after that? run to Omaha and making it to uh, essentially the final four before losing to Florida. I'm so proud of this team. You know, I'm so proud. I mean, we, we it took us a while to figure it out. I'm so excited for these freshman arms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once we kind of dialed in the pitching and then the pitching started and then the bat started coming around and we saw what we could be, right? Um I just, yeah, I'm not, we, we're, I think the program is in such a good place right now. We, we, we're, we're able to re, to bring in some high-end high level transfers. We've always recruited well. Um, I think, 
you know, it's kind of weird, but I think when watching the College World Series and the whenever they would have um, they would have the coach come and talk like during mm-hmm. the last game, yeah. I think that he did such a good job and came across as such a likable person, and people saw the yeah. culture and they're like, oh. You know, and, and so I think that's when people said, oh, I want to go play for him. You know, I'd right. like to go play for him. Because if you think about it, once we got past that that first round and, and we beat, um, uh, who, was, who was the Oklahoma team we beat? Um, uh, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, right. Yeah. Once we got past them, we're playing, you know, Florida, LSU. Those guys, they have different talent. Yeah. To be 100% honest with you, right? Their pitchers throw like 98, 100. You know, they got – Guys, you know, they're just launching it out of the park. You know, they're just – they were just more talented than we were, but we played better than they did. Mm-hmm. The, the pitching was fantastic, right? And we were, we were like, literally, like, what, five, ten feet away from tying that game up? Yeah. And then yeah. you never know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. It could have been us. I mean, we'd have to win again. But sure. I, just, I just think that the place is – the program is such a good place. I think all the young talent, you know, I think all the freshmen, the catcher, the shortstop, the pitchers – you know, the guys we're bringing in, the transfers are bringing in. Yeah, we're going to lose some guys, but I think we're just, you know, I think we're almost like a destination transfer place right mm-hmm. now. You know, I think we're yeah. in a good spot. Yeah, I feel that too. And you're right. Kirk did really show his personality in those moments, and it, it was nice to see on the national stage. Okay, before we go, uh, kind of random off the beaten path thing here. What do you – I'll ask you about these specific schools. What do you think is going to happen to realignment, Tommy? Because we've, I mean, we've been talking about this for a year with, with the Pac-12 teams. Uh, I'll just ask you specifically about Colorado and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they will make the move uh, to the Big 12 at some point in this, in this calendar year? Not, you know, not fully make the move, but at least announce that they're going to be headed to the Big 12 here shortly. So – I think we're going to know by the end of the month. I think um, they're waiting to see what the Pac-12 deal or Pac-10 deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep hearing different things. You know, I, I hear that it's – I heard today it's all going, it's going to be 100% streaming, but it's going to be more money. And I, I don't know. I just – I don't see – I think the difference, the major difference between us and them in the Big 12 and the Pac, the Pac – all their presidents seem to have the power, right? And in the Big 12, we hired a good um, commissioner and yeah. he kind of makes the decisions, right? Or he's the one who speaks for us, right? If, if, you, if you follow this whole saga with the Pac-12, it's like their commissioner doesn't even talk anymore. He hasn't talked in three months, mm-hmm. right? All, all, everything that comes out is coming from one commissioner or one not one commissioner, but one you know, Pac-12 president or another Pac-12 president. And then one Pac-12 president says, yeah, we're really close and blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we have the framework of what it's going to look like. And then the Arizona guy's like, well, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know about that. You know, and so it's, to answer your question, I think if one leaves, they both leave. And I think Colorado's probably going to leave. Mm. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um I don't know though. I mean, they, you know, that the money that they get from research and I understand that is significant compared to what, you know, they would be get. just that affiliation being with Stanford is something different. Um, but honestly, I think it's all, it ain't going to matter in the end. You know, right. I think in the end, and then by the time the next TV deal goes around, I think, um, 
I think the Big Ten is going to take Washington and Oregon, and that's going to cripple them. And we'll be there to pick up who we want to pick up. And the same thing with the ACC, whenever their thing ends or whenever somebody gets out of it, you know, we'll be there to pick up what we need from them. But I think we don't need to worry about it. I think what TCU needs to do is they need to do what they're doing. They need to win in football. They need to win in basketball. They need to win in baseball. We need to build our brand. We need to get our viewership numbers up. Because ultimately what we want, we want to be one of those teams that's sought after, right? Right. We yeah. want we want that big ten that big ten money or that mm-hmm. SEC money. We want to be one of them because that's kind of where things are going. Yeah. There'll always be that third conference, but it'll never be, we're never going to catch up to where they are. You know, and, and if and if you watch TV, you watch the games, it ain't even about how good you are. You know, no, it's just about money, it's about revenue. Yeah. And, Dude, it's, it's about, like, you know, yeah, it's like the SEC is so much better than the Big Ten, but the Big Ten gets more money mm-hmm. because the cities that the Big Ten are in, right? The region, the people, the population, um, and the TV money is like Ohio State, Michigan. Every, I mean, there's just, they draw so much better TV viewership from even in Alabama or Alabama. Yeah. So, it is yeah. what it is. We just got to we got to be good enough to be one of them, to be among them. That's all I'm worried about. Yeah, it is a crazy kind of kind of value system. Well, he's Tommy Fisher again. That's at trf51 on Twitter. If you want to follow him, Tommy, thanks for being on the show today, man. I appreciate Thank it. you having me. It's locked on Horn Frog. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's your team every day.